Well, girls, do you know what time it is? It's time to recap episode number seven. Yeah. That's right. It's recap time. Welcome to the tar pit. Well, here we are at episode seven of season 35 of The Amazing Race, and it starts out in India, and they are flying from India to Frankfurt, and they are on a flight that people often refer to as an equalizer, meaning that everyone's on the same flight, and they're starting at the same time, so they're not all landing at different times. It kind of puts them back on equal footing. So even though there was a front runner of the last leg of the race, they're on equal footing again. And they are flying into Frankfurt and they have to get a car from the Frankfurt airport and they have to drive to a ferry. On the way to the ferry, some teams started snapping at each other, like Robin and Chelsea. Um, So Chelsea said, like, I'm just trying to get you to not snap at me. And then um, Robin said, she's just trying to get the directions from Chelsea. Yeah, that, that we will talk about that in a minute, how some of the teams were starting to fall apart this leg. It seemed like they're halfway probably through the race or the season. And some of the teams are really starting to get a little stressed out, snippy with each other. Uh, and that, that starts to appear on, on this episode. So they are taking the ferry to the Rhine River, to a castle in the Rhine River. But what we don't realize at first is that there are two fairies, and there are two different fairies, and they have to find a specific one. Only four teams got on the right ferry at first. Yes. So they are, one, you have to find directions, of course, get your directions to the ferry and make it to the right one. Andrea, Melina, and Robin and Chelsea got on the wrong ferry. So not only were they not one of the first teams on the the right ferry for the first trip, to the uh, castle, they also got on the wrong ferry and then had to come back and go and find the right ferry. So that really started putting those two teams behind. But at least Robin and Chelsea realized it before they got to the first challenge. But Andrea and Melina, they didn't realize it, which put them way behind. Right. What we find as the episode goes on and they show some of the other teams doing the roadblock that they're going to at the castle Andrea and Melina not only go on the wrong ferry, but they're supposed to, all the teams, when they get on the right ferry, they give the person, the attendant on the ferry, five euros. And that person gives them these old ancient coins called Wittens, and they're supposed to take that to the roadblock. Andrea and Melina got on the wrong ferry. Well, first they got lost, then they got on the wrong ferry. So when they tried to trade in their five euros for the Witten, they, only, they got five euros in coin. And then they went to the roadblock and tried to use that, which wasn't the right currency. Right. So there was definitely a mix-up. And of course, the language barrier, I'm sure, doesn't help because you have somebody who's German who's doing their best to speak English with these Americans. And so Andrea Molina, and they don't know that they're looking for these ancient coins. They think they just give a five euro bill to the attendant. And the attendant's like, yeah, I can make change. Oh, sure. And then he gives them five euros in coins. And they think they're set. So they get off the, um, the ferry, the wrong one, of course. And then they find their way from that landing point to the actual roadblock. But once they get there, as this is all as time goes on, they realize that they don't have the right coins for the challenge. So they have to turn around and go back. So not only is getting on the wrong ferry holding them back, but they went from the wrong ferry landing spot and went to the roadblock and then realized they had to turn all the way around, get back on the wrong ferry, and go back to the right starting point to get on the right ferry. 
And so, and Robin and Chelsea, at least, um, they were able to figure out that they were on the wrong ferry while on the wrong ferry. So they turned around immediately. So that saved them a little bit more time than Andrea Molina. The teams make it to the ferry to go to the Berg Rheinstein Castle. And that is on the Rhine River. And they are supposed to exchange, like we said, five euros for some coins called Wittens. And they take that with them to the roadblock at the castle. One of the things that we see, too, is that when they are driving from the airport to the ferry, that Corey and Rob, Rob is driving and Corey's in the backseat navigating. And Rob, of course, is deaf. And so you can't necessarily, obviously, shout directions from the back of the back seat. So he's signing to him in the rearview mirror. But he's also got some kind of neat secondhand directions that they've, this little system they've come up with in a way of communicating directions when Rob is driving. And so he kind of passes him a piece of paper with the directions and they have their own little shorthand language going where he can kind of navigate him when he's driving. I thought that was a really cool system that they have going on. As we mentioned, Andrea and Melina get on the wrong ferry and they are behind. And so is Robin and Chelsea because they got on the wrong ferry too. But Andrea and Melina get more behind because they keep going through the race not knowing they're on the wrong ferry, whereas Robin and Chelsea course corrected quickly. So they get on the ferry and they go to the castle, the teams do, at the roadblock. And it's a math challenge. And they have this legend that's at the castle and it tells them all these equivalencies. They have to pay this robber baron, what they call groschens, and the wittens they have translate in these different ways to what will be groschens. So it's kind of a, a math challenge. And a lot of it has to do with proportions. So it's kind of a simple math challenge, but they write it in a way that's confusing. And so they have to figure out what the equivalent of five, five, five groschen is. Um, Chelsea, she did the roadblock and she just like took some coins up and then just each time added one until she got it right, which wasn't very quick. Like she thought that it would be quicker to just take one more each time until she got it, but it would probably be quicker just to figure it out. Right. So instead of doing the math and trying to figure out what the Wittens would translate to in Groshans, sorry, she would just go up multiple times and she would just race back and forth and do one, two, three, thinking that eventually she'll land on the right answer. Which eventually she did. She did, but I still think it would have been faster just to figure out the math. The math problem wasn't that hard. All you had to do was like figure out the proportions and it was pretty easy. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, too hard. In fact, Corey aced through it very quickly. So did Morgan and John was there. He did. He got it pretty quickly. At first, he had a little bit of a, a what we'd call a brain fart. But I think after Corey said, no, you have the right amount, he was like, oh, yeah, okay. He kind of reset himself and got it, it got it done pretty quickly. So once they figure out how many Wittens would translate into five Groschen, which is 15 Wittens of these coins, they give it to the robber baron and he lets them in through this gate and they get another clue. And after they get the clue, they have to rappel down this side of the wall and like Melina didn't do it because she's afraid of heights like I remember that from the first time that we um we saw the first episode of the race she said that she was afraid of heights Mm, that's probably why she didn't do this one then yeah I see yeah so once they were done with the translating the Groshen into Wittens they gave it to the robber baron the robber baron then let them through this gate 
and they got the clue. And to get back down, instead of going down the big hill, they had to rappel down the side of the castle uh, to the parking lot where their cars were. So they do that. And like you had mentioned, Morgan did a pretty good job of scaling down and they kind of got bumped up a little bit there. They, They flew through that challenge, that roadblock pretty quickly. Like many of your families, we love to travel. And in addition to our love of the amazing race, we love going to Disney World. With over 30 trips of experience under our belt, we are excited to announce that supporters of the podcast will have access to our special Disney World planning tip worksheets starting in mid-December. We've done all the homework, so you don't have to. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash the tarpit to support the podcast and start your planning. We're back and we were just talking about the roadblock and going down, scaling down the side of the castle to get back to the cars. And from there, the teams are driving to Cologne. On the way to Cologne, it was a self-drive car. Like, you had to drive it yourself, and everyone was getting so lost, and everyone was getting mad at each other. Lena couldn't know her left from her right. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was quite an episode, uh, a little segment there. So this is the moment where we see all of the teams starting to melt down and just feel the stress and the weight of the race. But Morgan made them switch. Morgan said, okay, Lena, get out, get in the back, and I'm going to drive. Yeah, they did switch drivers because they were bickering quite a bit. And so finally, they just ended up switching. Morgan ended up driving and Lena became the navigator. But even all the teams, Steve and Anna Lee really had some tension bubble up Mm -hmm. and they were really bickering with each other. Yeah. Robin and Chelsea, as you mentioned, did. There was quite a few teams that were melting down in this moment. And it just feels like maybe this is that middle point of the whole race. We don't know how the other episodes will pan out or the other legs. But I'm, I'm going to assume that since we're in episode seven, that this is probably the middle of the race or close to the middle. And maybe everyone's just hitting a wall because they're exhausted, they're tired and they're frustrated and they feel the pressure now to try to get to the final three. Yeah. So they get to Cologne and they have to park their car. And they go into this building where there is an indoor carnival and it is set up where they find these tricycles, these huge tricycles with horses as the on the front, I guess, these plaster or plastic horses that are on the front of the tricycle. And they have to drive that through this indoor carnival route. So like when they got there and like the teams were getting there, Greg was riding on the bike and he crashed into a pole. That let Robin and Chelsea go into first place. Yeah, because Greg and John and Robin and Chelsea arrived at the parking garage right at the same time. Because Robin and Chelsea followed Greg and John. And they got there at the same time. And Greg and John were just ahead, just a hair ahead of them. But once they all got on their tricycles, Greg and John bumped into this pillar and that held them back. And, And Chelsea and Robin were able to scooch in front of them. When Rob and Corey were going through, Rob was getting really into throwing the flowers into the crowd. He's kissing every flower, then throwing it to someone, and it was so funny. Yeah, some of the teams really had a lot of fun with it once they got there. Annalie and Steve, they were kind of tense at first, but then they kind of let loose. And Annalie, I think, in one of the interviews said that it was kind of a chance for her to reset and not get as frustrated or as snippy with her dad as she was, which I think is kind of a nice way of this lighthearted roadblock or this challenge to reset the teams. And Morgan and Lena, I think, maybe had a chance to reset a little bit, too. They seemed less snippy the last half of the episode after that. Back to Rob and Corey. Um, like when Corey got the clue, he held it up in the air and was like, yeah. And then everybody started cheering. It was a funny challenge. The teams were falling apart. 
They had those uh, large horse tricycles to go through. They got their challenge, and they got the next clue, which took them to a bridge in Cologne. And the bridge... It was a huge... It was, the bridge was super long, and it was like they had a fence on one side, and everyone put little locks on it. And they're kind of like the locks that you'd see like in middle or high school that people just have for their lockers or mm-hmm. something, or at the gym. It had like this little red and yellow sticker on this black lock, and you had to figure out the combination, which was 4711. Right. So the combination for the locks for all of them, they all looked the same, which was nice, because once one team found one, if you could see what it was like, then you knew what yours would look like too. And they all had the Amazing Race flag on them. Um, But the combo came from the oldest cologne made made in in cologne. cologne. And it was 4711, I believe. Yeah. That was the combo. So, but they had to ask people, of course, for the, for the name of that cologne. And they found out it was the combo for the lock. There were thousands and thousands of locks on this bridge. Like, there was no space in between. You could not see through the fence at all. The locks were so close together. And you had to find one lock in the middle of it across the whole bridge. And if you were like one of the later teams to get there, you had to run farther down the bridge to find one. And I think most people probably found a lock fairly quickly. I think Joel, though, had a hard time for Joel and Garrett. He did the challenge and he had he seemed like he took a little bit longer than some of the other teams. And I think he had mentioned that in his interview, too, that he he had a hard time with what he called needle in a haystack challenges where you're finding one small thing in the sea of similar things. So in this case, it's one kind of lock in a whole bridge side, and it was a very long bridge of lock. So he seemed to struggle with those challenges more, and he pointed out the tile uh, in a previous challenge that he had to find too. You know how Robin and Chelsea like never give out any clues or anything, and they just never talk during challenges, right? She finally speaks to Greg, and she points back to show Ashley where the locks are, and she just finally helps, which they never have done in the past episodes. Yeah, they haven't really helped out, and they, I mean, I don't know if I'd say they'd helped, but they definitely contributed right so if somebody came if another team came i think ashley did for the challenge as the time at the time that robin was leaving then she kind of said it they're back there or go in that direction she didn't explicitly say where things were she She just pointed she said go that way yeah she said go that way like really quietly and pointed right so not super helpful but not rude like they had been a couple times her ago. face when she got it and while she was running yeah they they panned in on her face and it looked so intense it was hilarious one of the nice things though that i would like to point out when they were on the bridge ashley and todd um, happened to be there at the same time that rob and Corey were there and in order to get the combo for the lock you have to la- ask a local, and they're all German, of course, and cologne. So there's a language barrier to ask somebody to look up on their phone what the, the name of this cologne is, or for that person to be able to understand you and relate the answer back to you. And and she just wrote it down on his paper because mm-hmm. she had a pen. Yeah, that was super nice. Is there a sign language for all languages? You know, I don't know. That's a good question. I know there's American and British, but... I have to assume there is then, right? If there's an American Sign Language, I'd assume there's a sign language version for all the languages then. We can look it up later. 
they get the locks, and then they go to give the lock to this one guy who's standing there at the beginning of the bridge. And they give him the lock, and he gives them the next clue. And the next clue takes them to a detour. So they have to choose between Just for Kick or Matter of Taste. Just for Kicks was darts, but with soccer balls. And like when you kick them, they stick on to the little pad, whatever you want to call it. Um, dartboard. Dartboard, yes. Um, well, the space on the dartboard. And like they stuck there, but you had to kick it high. And you had to get 66 exactly. So it was set up like a dartboard, and you're given these soccer balls that have Velcro on them. So when you kick them, they stick to this big blow-up dartboard. And you had to get 66 points exactly, like you said. You couldn't go over, and you couldn't go under for you to move on. Rob and Corey did this one, and the first time, I think, they got 65, but then the second time, they got 67. Like, at least that's what they showed. So they were one point under and one point over, and like they finally got 66 exactly. You have to really do your math because there's like not every number on each space. Like it doesn't go in order. Yeah, you definitely have to have some aim and be intentional on where you're hitting so the math adds up. But they weren't the only ones who did that challenge. Well, Todd and Ashley did it, but then they switched because it was too hard for them. Todd said he did not think of his wife. He only thought that he was doing it. They chose this, and and Ashley, like you had said, was saying that she did not want to do that. She wanted to do the mustard, the taste matter of taste challenge, but they did it. They ended up doing the kicks, but they left, though, because they realized how hard it was, and you do have to line up your kicks so the math works out. And right when they got to the mustard challenge, they were like, we love mustard, and they blew through it super easily. So the other challenge, like we were talking about, was called matter of taste, and the matter of taste challenge, Emma, how would you describe that? You had to taste a bunch of mustard, and then at the example, you taste it, and then it shows you the name, but the name is in German, and you have to match the name to the mustard, and then you go over to the test station, and you have to try the mustard, match up the names, and then if you get some wrong, you have to go back, but they don't tell you which ones you got wrong. Right, and also, there were nine of them, just so we we all have this sort of concept of how hard that may have been, so... I imagine that there was some similarity with the mustard, so it probably was hard to figure out which was which first time or two that you could do it. But there were nine of them, and they all had German names. So not only are you trying to figure out the taste and match up the taste, but you're trying to match up this German name that you may never never heard of. Um, Steve and Anna Lee, this one mustard, they were struggling to say the name, and it was so funny. Pretty much everybody did the mustard uh, one, the matter of taste. Um, like we said, Rob and Corey, they ended up successfully completing the Just for Kicks challenge. Success. Yep. And then Todd and Ashley started it, but they changed detours because they realized that they were going to have a hard time with it. So they went to the mustard challenge. Other teams pretty much flew through it. Um, I would say that probably John and Greg and Ashley and Todd were probably the fastest with the challenge in terms of how many tries they had. The mustard one seems easier, but I don't know if I could do it because I do not like mustard. Which one would you choose, Evie? The Just for Kicks or the Matter of Taste Detour? I would do Just for Kicks mainly because I also don't like mustard, but also because it would probably 
taste the same after a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could get confusing. I probably would do the matter of taste because I do like mustard, but I think with nine of them and with names that I would have a hard time pronouncing, it probably would get confusing after your first taste or two trying to figure out what they were. Even if it took me five years to do that just for cake spun, I would do it. Uh-oh, so you oh. chance being eliminated over trying something new. Well, it's not just trying something new. It's like, I don't like mustard and... It would all taste the same after, like, a while. Okay. All right. Well, it's your <laughs> choice. So I think I would do matter of taste, though, and you would do just for kicks? No, I would do matter of taste, I think. It would be faster. Once you successfully did your quiz of the taste and the nine mustards, and you told the person that was at the table what they were in the right order, then she gives you your sort of slip for passing the test, and then you take that to this little kiosk, and this person, you they ask you what your favorite mustard was out of the nine, I guess. And then they give you a sausage and that mustard. And so they kind of get a little snack because I have to imagine they're hungry. And I think somebody even said that they hadn't eaten in hours. Uh, maybe Joel and Garrett, I think, said that. Joel and Garrett also said they, they're in last, but they weren't at that point. Like they said, well, any, well we're going to get eliminated anyway. So just why don't we take our little snack break that we have? Right. And so as they were saying that they were in last place, the magic of editing with the show was also showing that Andrea and Melina were just getting to the right roadblock with the Wittens because of all the mishaps that they had with the um, fairy in terms of finding it, finding the right one after they went on the wrong one and then getting the right change and all that stuff, those mishaps they had that just kept setting them back more time and more time. Garrett and Joel thought they were last as they were doing the Matter of Tasty tour because they didn't see anybody else and they had seen most of the people pass them. Um, and they probably assumed that Andrea and Melina had also, they probably didn't imagine that they were way far behind. So they were taking their time and they actually kind of had a little revelation where they decided that they were just going to have fun with it. They're like, you know what? We're already last. Let's just have fun with it and enjoy it while we're here before we have to go home. And then they got their stuff and they were told to go where the pit stop was. It was at a chocolate museum. Phil had a little teachable moment where he said that Germany is the largest exporter of chocolate candy. And so they had the pit stop at a nearby chocolate museum. Once they finished Just for Kicks or Matter of Taste, they had to go to the chocolate museum pit stop. You know how there's always like somebody standing next to Phil to like greet them and say like what place they're in? Yeah. Um, what was the story about the one guy that they had that wrote on the bomb? Yeah, so I think he called him Baron... Baron of Lies. Baron of Lies was his nickname, I guess. And so he was supposed to be this historical character who was called Baron of Lies. The person supposedly became a legend because they had at one point rode a cannonball, sat on a cannonball in one direction and hopped on a opposing cannonball coming from the opposite direction and rode it back and somehow survived. So Obviously, you can't do that. Somehow, that legend was created and stuck, and that character is called the Baron of Lies. I could do that. And that's who joined Phil at the pit stop. So once they got to the pit stop, what were our standings, Evie? Uh, Greg and John got first. They each got $4,000. 
Robin and Chelsea got second because they followed Greg and John pretty much the whole entire time. Todd and Ashley got third. Rob and Corey got fourth. Steve and Anna Lee got fifth. Morgan and Lena got sixth. Joel and Gary got seventh. And Melina and Andrea got eliminated. They were just getting to that carnival thing um, because, like, everybody left and there was only balloons left on the ground. And then Phil had to come and meet them and say that it was the end of their race. Yeah, and like we said, every they just had a multiple missteps mm-hmm. with the fairy situation. It and it's just like, bumping them further and further and further behind to the point where the people at the indoor carnival left. They pack it, packed it up and left. And Phil had to meet them there and say, everyone's checked in. Your leg is over. They had the same luck as Liam and Jeremy last episode with the, with the rickshaw. They did, but this was more drastic even. I think this mm-hmm. put, put them way further behind. I feel like they could have controlled it if they like knew where to, like if they read the signs more carefully, I think, because they said they passed that ferry like three times before they went on it. Yeah, and, and this is one of those things where it, when you're sitting at home, you're like, oh, pay attention to detail. But I'm sure when it's another language, mm-hmm. another country, and you're racing fast and you're trying to figure out directions, then you can miss stuff e- easily. When one team got done with the Witten thing, um, like before, like when they got done with the Witten thing, one of the teammates said, okay, let's go. And then it edited into Molina saying, I do not know where we are. I don't know where we're going. And then it just went back to what it was doing. And it was so funny, that editing, like the way that they edited that. And unfortunately, we have no more out-of-towners. No. Yeah. And due to personal reasons, we weren't able to line up an exit interview for Melina and Andrea. We were trying to, and it just didn't work out. Um, So we would like to replay, though, their interview that we had before the season just started when we were all getting to know them. And they were a, they definitely provided some comic relief this season. I like them a lot. They they had a good attitude about everything. Bye, Philly Johns. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Hi, um, my name is Melina. I am from Philadelphia, and I work at the Internal Revenue Service, also known as the IRS. Um, I'm a tax examiner technician for large business and international. Um, To just sum it up, what we do is we process tax returns on behalf of taxpayers that's U.S. citizens that works, uh, that, you know, they earn income abroad, but they don't pay their Social Security and Medicare tax. And I have an eight-year-old son, Ronnie. Sorry. (laughs) My name is Andrea Simpson. I am also from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I am 44 years old. I work for a global property and casualty insurance company. Been there for about 18 years. I am a super fan of the amazing race. I love to travel. I love to volunteer. And um, I have a twin sister. Um, Hi, I'm Evie. Why did you guys, like, what brought up the idea to go on The Amazing Race? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I've been a super fan of The Amazing Race. I've watched it since season one, so I've always loved the actual show. I'm like a reality TV junkie, so, like, all the reality TV shows you can think of, I'm watching them. And I love to travel, so I knew The Amazing Race was a a competition show that travels. So that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to um, go on the show because I wanted to, you know, explore other places and different cultures. Same for me. Um, Andrea, like she said, she's this super fan and she kind of like wheeled me in on the show. So I think I I started watching from 
the first all the way up into the seventh season. And then um, I kind of like took a break. And then when we decided to apply, I kind of picked back up. But um, we both love to travel. I love to travel. And um, I'm, we both are competitive people. Mm-hmm. So this was like the best thing ever for us to right. go. Exactly. So when we were in um, college, we had first applied. And then, of course, we didn't hear anything. And then I think right after college, um, there was like an open casting call that we both went to. Yes. And of course, we didn't hear from that as well. And then I guess, what, 15, 20 years later as adults, like, you know, full grown adults, then we applied again. And then we actually heard a callback. So we're like, what? (laughs) It was was surreal when we got the call. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To say the least. Super cool. This is Emma, and like you said, you've been watching for a while now. And what are some of the most memorable challenges from past seasons? Ooh, mm, I got a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know season thirty-two when um, was that Will and James the running in hills? Remember when they had the race in the hills? They had all had the guys. I remember that. I remember that. I don't know what season it was, but the running in the hills, the beer yoga was super funny. Oh, I remember the the beer um, yoga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. And remember when they were sliding up this like greasy blow up sliding board? Yes. I don't know where it was, but they had to try to slide up this greasy uh like blow up slide and they just kept falling down. Yes, yes. I think that was the season where the um, Globe Triders, I guess the, the two basketball players. Were yes, the yes, yes. And, and it was like an older guy. It was an it older, was an older guy. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, yes. And they were like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I think they like took the penalty. If I'm honest. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That was a good season. And another good memorable season was, or the challenge was when, I forget their names. Uchenna had to shave her head off. That was. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that what was, I was trying to get to. Yeah, that was a good season. That was yeah. one of the earlier seasons when they were just really like uncut and raw. They were raw. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. Um, so, uh, how has this experience changed you guys? So you went on the, uh, you applied, right? You decided to be a team. You applied and you entered and you were chosen as one of the teams. And now you've done this and you're back. How how has it changed you? Um, what's different about the world now to you? Well, for me, I was just, I feel like I, I, it, I mean, first of all, this is like a total blessing because this is like a once in a lifetime experience. Like who gets mm-hmm. to travel around the world, you know, free of charge when somebody else is dying and just to experience the different cultures, the different people, those are memories that you can keep for you, you know, keep with you for a lifetime and like, you know, retell the stories to your, your friends and family and your children. So that was one of the main things that I know that would change that changed for me. Like I was able to appreciate, you know, these different people that I'm coming into. I've made new friends now that we've been mm-hmm. on this race, you know, these 13 teams of two that now we're just a huge family. And I just appreciate, you know, life in general because tomorrow isn't promised, but to be able to do something like this is like a, a memory that I will cherish forever. Yes, I agree. I don't think it changed who I am, but my outlook um, as far as like the places we visited, it was just amazing. Like I know I wouldn't have been able to travel to those places 
or meet the amazing cast. And now we have new friends, just that whole bonding and, you know, getting to travel with Andrea, building our relationship. Um, it, it changed a lot of things. Like it's hard to put in words, but yeah, I know what it changed for you, Milan. Now you're on social media. <laughs> that now is on social media. That is true. I am like old school and I was not on Instagram before I went on the race. So when I came off the race, they told me, oh, you're the only one that's not on the race. So I had to sign up. I mean, not on the race, uh, not signed up with Instagram. So I had to sign up. So that did change me. I have Instagram. I have social followers or whatever they call. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm learning a lot about social media, the good and the bad. But um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience. I will do it again in a heartbeat. Nice. This I'm I'm loving it. I I can't wait. I can't wait to actually see what they actually edited and how they put it together. Oh you know, my what gosh. other scenes did, but you know what the challenges, how they completed the challenges. Because you know with the um the detours, you know you do one or the other. So I want right. to see how other people did on detours, or you know the other teams that wasn't with us when we did our roadblocks or whatever. You know I just want to see all of it come together and how yeah. you know it's put together. Yeah, I think we awesome. all are very excited about next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's Evie. Since you guys said that you made friends, do you think you made any lifelong friends? Hi, Evie. That's a great question. I love yeah. your voice. You have such a soft, unique voice like myself. <laughs> Mine <laughs> is a little squeaky and I'm older, but I love your voice. Um, yes, we have made friends that I believe will be lifetime friends. Absolutely. Uh, because we are in this special, you know, elite group. You know, we have we want big family now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally even when we were on the race, like pr- you know, production and the, the the camera people were like, you know, welcome to CBS. Now you're part of the family. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Yes, that was family? like now I get it, like. Yeah, one big family, like a lot, you know, there's but a handful. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it's a handful of people that actually can, you know, come from a normal background, normal life, you know, joke smoke off the street. And now you're thrown into TV. This is going to be shown on national television. Right. Who can actually say they've been on national TV in a competition for years to come? My son, 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 son can watch this. Right, exactly. <laughs> Years to come, you can you can Google me and yeah. that will come up. Yeah. Well, that's... at least we made a mark in the world. <laughs> we made a mark, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're there for the history now, for the annual. Exactly. Yep, that's And cool. a check off my bucket list. There you yes. go. So how has it been? So, okay, so from my understanding, when we've talked to other teams, you're told that you're chosen. And now you know you're chosen. You're given a window of time of when you have to leave, but you can't tell anybody. What were some of the reasons or some of the excuses you gave to people of what you're doing or where you're going? How creative did you get with that? Hmm. <laughs> well, for for me, for my job, like I I had to took a leave of absence, so I told them like I'm I, I literally said I'm I'm on a competition show, but I didn't tell them, you know, I didn't tell them the amazing race. I told them Survivor because. I was. I went to uh, our producer at the time, Pedro. I was like, "Well, what should we tell them?" And they were. And I, I think it was Jesse, his boss, was like, yeah. "Well, tell them Survivor yeah, because Survivor, you know, yeah. we do. We do. Um, you know, produce or you know, you know, do Survivor, but it's not 
the actual rate. So you're not lying because it is by CBS. So for the most part, I was telling folks, I'm going to be on a reality TV competition show. And that's why I would leave it at. Now, if they ask me, then I'll say Survivor. But not a lot of people ask me and a lot, and I'm good, I'm good at keeping secrets. So I was just like, I'm on a reality TV show, and that's all I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I think, I mean, same here. We both had the same, you know, same uh, situation where we had to tell our our employers that, you know, we were going on a reality show. And I had to, I too had to take a leave of absence. But my I had to tell my um manager that I was going on Survivor. Um, and a lot of people didn't really know we were going away except for our family, right? Small, you know, a small group of friends because we were on our way to Ghana, yeah. Um, before this, right before we got the call that we were going on, so as soon as we got the call, what like less than two weeks, we I were, think it was two weeks, yeah, because we got the call April, and I remember it was April 22nd because that was Ronnie's karate tournament, and you got a good memory. Yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like two, yeah, two, maybe two and a half weeks later, we were going traveling to Ghana on yeah. vacation. So we didn't have a lot of turnaround time to prepare. Right. Or to tell people. So nobody right. really knew. Yeah. They thought we were just going to Ghana. So they didn't really know about the show. So right. afterwards, like people was probably like freaked out now. Like, oh my God, you was on the show? Yeah. Yeah. This is Emma. What did you guys gain from this experience? Like, what did you get out of it? Um, I would say, um, Emma, that I gained more confidence in myself and my ability to push myself to the limits, my fears. Um, that was one of the reasons why, you know, a part of us going on this show to kind of face our fears and, you know, just to like, Travel and to push yourself to the highest limits because this is a competition and then you are doing like really challenging um, challenges. So I think for me, getting over my fear of bugs and, you know, heights, I prepared like swimming classes because I'm not a great swimmer, um, you know, with the stick shift. It, I, yeah, I gained yeah. a lot of skills yeah. <laughs> for the race. <laughs> Yeah. So with that, they kind of um, helped me along the way. Yeah, I agree. Like, mm-hmm. I, I say I, I gain a lot of more patience um, with myself. Again, like the fears, like a lot of people are the fears that we have, it's all like all mental. Like, we, it's all we put, mental. We put, we put that on ourselves. So, this yeah. was this, like pushed us out of our, our comfort zones because you had to, you right. had a split second to decide who's going right. to do it. How you gonna do it and just do it? So it was like now we had been... a plan out, Emma. Yeah, me and Andrea had a plan. We planned that she do all the heights and I do all like the ground puzzle. Yeah, and creative stuff. stuff. Yeah, creative mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. that worked out well for us because you know Andrea is not scared of heights. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So if the clue like if the clue gave us uh you know an inkling like oh this is gonna be a height challenge then right. I was like all right I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. But definitely it pushed us to just be able to conquer or overcome whatever um, fears or challenges that we had within ourselves to just push through yeah. it. And it, like, it, I, I can say this was the most like challenging thing physically and mentally I've ever done. But then again, yeah. I would do it again. Yeah, I know. I think the adrenaline... Um, the excitement, all that, even though you are faced with your fears, like straight up in your face. Yeah, you head just, on. 
like, you know, you still want to just get out there and do it. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. something about it. It's hard to explain, but it's definitely a an adventure that, I mean, it is just out of, I mean, I don't know how, it's just hard to put this experience into words. I know everybody can, but I'm just like, I'm just overwhelmed with so much that just transpired. And then by it about the air, like we just got off the race and now we're we're about to see ourselves in action. It's it's mind boggling. But I would do it again. <laughs> I would do it again in a heartbeat. And hopefully yeah. they will bring us back. I think we all need a do-over. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is Evie. How did you guys come up with the team name? Ooh. Ooh, great question, Evie. You want to tell a little, Andrew? No, because I don't. Because I think it was was it, it was you and somebody else that was was. Uh... Yeah, well, we were coming up with names because we're from Philly. Right. We decided to come up with Philly Johns because you know the word John is now in a dictionary and is a noun, yeah. and Philly represents yeah not represents but Philly always have this terminology of John. So yeah. I figured, oh, we from Philly, so why not be Philly Jones? And it just, I, I pitched it to Andrea. She's yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's, 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 like, that's perfect. That's that's yeah. exactly what it is. Like, that name embodies anybody oh from Philadelphia knows yeah. what a John is. You have to be from Philadelphia. Yes. Those that wasn't on the race, we had to kind of educate them on what a John was. <laughs> And um, once they figured it out and they understood what a join was, they was like, oh, that's a join. Oh, yeah. this is a join. Cool. I didn't yeah. know that. This is Emma. How can fans keep up with you now that you're getting more famous from this show? Do you guys have any social media or any projects that you're working on that you want people to know about? That's Absolutely. All yeah, they can follow us on Instagram, our Handle is Team Philly Johns, all one word, T-E-A-M-P-H-I-L-L-Y-J-A-W-N-S. That's on Instagram. And then, of course, our own uh, personal handles. Mine's is Andrea underscore Nana. And then Melanie's is Poetry Girl, G-U-R-L, 45. So that's both um, our handles on Instagram. And then they can follow me on Facebook. That's, you know, my full name, Andrea Simpson. What's handles, Andrea? Is that a new term? No, handles is like your, your <laughs> handle, like your name on your social media. That's what they call your handle. Like a username <laughs> or something. I don't know what a handle is, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, girls, so my handle is um, Andrea Simpson on Facebook. Melena's is Lena, L-A-I-N-A, Hatcher. That's her last name on Facebook. Nice. Um, see, I see why Andrea was the detail one, right? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. And girls, we learned a new word. Johns, it's called? Yes. yes. Okay. And it's A-W, right? It's J-A-W. I think I had heard. J-A-W-N-S. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Johns. Nice. All right. I like it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Have thank a good you. night and we really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Nice meeting you, Evie and Emma. You too. You too. We can't wait to watch you guys and cheer you on. Can't wait. Yes. Team Philly Jones. Thank you. Good night, guys. Have a good day. Good night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Well, Em, it was really nice to meet Andrea and Melina. And now we know what a John is. Yeah, I'm going to start using it at school. I'm going to try to bring it out to California. Thanks for joining us. Bye.